Uh, hey, we have been in this series called Fiction. Uh, I met a bunch of new people tonight, though, so some of you guys have no idea what we're talking about. I encourage you. Um, tonight is going to kind of be uh, um, kind of a celebration, kind of a looking ahead of this series. And so um, you need to go back and listen to the podcast. Not all of them are on there, but the first, the first one and the last two are on the podcast. You can just search Refuge, uh, Vegas Refuge on um, on iTunes, but seriously, it'd be really helpful for you to do that uh, out of tonight's talk. But um, tonight, as you can see, is called To Infinity and Beyond. How many people have ever seen the movie Toy Story? If you're not raising your hand, you've lived under a rock. Literally the best trilogy ever in the history of the world. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. I mean, I don't care about The Matrix. I don't care about Lord of the Rings. Toy Story 1, 2, and 3, it's like amazing, amazing. Toy Story 1 came out before some of you guys were even born. That's crazy. That's crazy. I would think I was like eight when it came out or nine or ten. Um, but tonight is called Toy Story or, uh, To Infinity and Beyond. And here's why. I want to show you a clip of, uh, of a video um, of, of a guy named Buzz Lightyear. How many, people, um, how many people have ever heard of Buzz Lightyear? Yeah? Okay, good. Uh, again, if you haven't, it's the guy there going, I'm Buzz Lightyear. That's him. Um, so let's watch this clip just to kind of set the mood for tonight. Here, roll that clip. Buzz Lightyear to Star Command. Come in, Star Command. Star Command, come in. Do you read me? Why don't they answer? <gasps> My ship! Blast. This will take weeks to repair. Buzz Lightyear mission log, stardate 4072. My ship is run off course en route to Sector 12. I've crash-landed on a strange planet. The impact must have awoken me from hypersleep. Terrain seems a bit unstable. No readout yet if the air is breathable. And there seems to be no sign of intelligent life anywhere. Hello? Oh, yeah! Ah! Whoa! Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Did I frighten you? Didn't mean to. Sorry. Howdy. My name is Woody, and this is Andy's room. That's all I wanted to say. And also, there has been a bit of a mix-up. This is my... Spot, see, the bed here. Local law enforcement. It's about time you got here. I'm Buzz Lightyear, Space Ranger, Universe Protection Unit. My ship has crash-landed here by mistake. Yes, it is a mistake, because you see, the bed here is my spot. I need to repair my turbo boosters. Do people still use fossil fuels, or have you discovered crystallic fusion? Well, let's see. Uh, we got double A's. <gasps> Watch yourself. Boom. Boom. Who goes there? So toot. Okay. Friends. Do you know these life forms? Yes. They're Andy's toys. All right, everyone, you're clear to come up. I am Buzz Lightyear. I come in peace. Oh, right, that's what everyone does. Anytime we show a video clip, seriously, why can't we watch the whole thing? Really? We can't, okay? Uh, here's why I showed you that clip. Okay, let's set the mood here. Let's set the mood tonight. If you don't know the story, I'm going to kind of give you a, a spoiler alert, okay? If you don't know the story... Shame on you, but go watch Toy Story. Here's what happens. There is uh, th this, this bedroom of Andy's, and all these toys are alive, and then they act like, you know, they're, they're just toys around the humans, but then they come alive. But, but this, this Buzz Lightyear character, he thinks he's really a space ranger, all right? That's like the whole movie, is he is a space ranger. And so here's why I want to, why tonight is called Inf uh, To Infinity and Beyond, is because we, over the last four weeks, have been in this series about fiction. And here's what, here's what that means for you new people or for people who missed a few weeks. That means we believe and we know that we live in a culture that, 
it kind of tells us a lot of lies. kind of tells us you hear a lot of things uh, here and a lot of things there, and, and we got to figure out, okay, what is true and what is fiction? Just like the video said, right? How do you know, and we, we've, we've been saying in, in different areas of our lives, from dating to our friendships to technology and media and entertainment and all those types of things, how do you know what is true and what is fiction? We've just been exploring different areas of our lives. And so tonight is kind of an end to that to say, okay, now that we've seen the fiction, now what? How, how do we go into the future? How do, we, how do we go to infinity and beyond? And the reason we use Toy Story and the reason we use Buzz Lightyear is because he believes some serious fiction. Like here is a toy who believed that he was an actual space ranger. If you don't know the story, here's how it goes. Buzz Lightyear comes in and just like you saw in that clip, he thinks I, I, I've been la crash landed on a weird island or a weird planet. And he goes, I need to get back because I need to defeat the evil Emperor Zerg. Okay, that's all Toy Story 2 is about. Okay, but the evil Emperor Zerg is what... Fiction-believing Buzz Lightyear thinks he needs to go do. All the while, all these toys are saying, you don't understand, you're a toy. Like, right, Woody freaks out on him. You are a toy. And then it all happens to where they get kidnapped by this evil kid named Sid. I mean, if you have a friend like Sid, I'm sorry. Sid is like burning toys and lighting bottle rockets off. And Sid is gnarly, okay. But Sid is the evil guy that just likes to blow up toys. And so they're kidnapped. They're scared. He's got all these weird, like, Frankenstein toys. You guys know that scene with that weird, like, head thing that comes out, right? And, and, and there's this whole scene where Buzz Lightyear is, like, trapped. And he thinks, I'm going to be Space Ranger. I'm going to bust out of here and I'm going to save the day. And then what happens? He goes and he's sitting and he's, he sees a TV and there's a commercial on. And it's a commercial for the Buzz Lightyear toy. Here's the, here's the premise. A switch went off. And, and this is his face in that, in that clip. Here's Buzz Lightyear. He's seeing the fiction. Oh my gosh. I have believed a lie my whole life. I thought I was a space ranger sent to save the world from the evil emperor Zerg. And I'm seeing a toy. And what does it say on the bottom? Not a flying toy, right? If you don't know the movie, this is, this is mind-blowing for Buzz Lightyear. Here's, the, here's why I tell you that tonight. Just like Buzz Lightyear had a switch go off and go, man, I have believed a lie. Some of you, if I'm not crazy, and I think uh, um, would say over the last few weeks, and if you go back and listen to the podcast, I think you'd say, man, there are some things in my life that I believe some fiction on. I know for me, right, I, I'm the pastor guy up here, and there's some things as I'm teaching, I'm like, man, there's some stuff on my iPod that shouldn't be. There's some stuff that I'm watching or tweeting or posting, or there's some, there's some areas in my life where I have a jacked up view of relationships or my friendships or my family, all the fiction that is in the world that we just eat up sometimes. And some of us had a switch go off over the last few weeks. And that's our face. We're like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize I was buying a lie. And so tonight, here's the, kind of the, the celebratory, here's what we're doing. We're looking tonight at, at what do we do now? Maybe a switch went off for some of you. Maybe a, a few of you or maybe a lot of you in the room tonight would say, man, um, I, I got a lot of application from each of those messages, Scott, but I, I want to know, like, what do I do now in this world of fiction where there's a lot of lies? Or, or if you're new tonight and you didn't hear all the messages, man, if, if what you're saying is true and there's a lot of lies that I believe, what do you do about it? And so tonight, I hope to be super, super practical. Here, here's what I hope to do tonight. I hope to show you tomorrow when you go into school, uh, this, this summer coming up, or this winter break, and then this summer, a year from now, two years from now, when you go to college, how do you maybe take some of the things that you learned in the last few weeks and tonight, and how do you go, okay, how does this become a practice of my life? That's the goal tonight. The goal is to say, okay, to infinity and beyond, how do we take sermons and bust them out of the church building? That's tonight. And so if you take notes, I hope you do. Um, 
Here's, here's the lie. Just like we've been doing the last few weeks, there's a lie and there's a truth. And the lie is something you hear all the time, or maybe you don't hear it explicitly, but I'm going to explain why some of the things you hear point to this lie. And this is kind of the overarching thing. And then the truth of God. How do we, how do we combat the lie? How do we say, okay, this is not what's true. And then we look at what's true from God's word. So here's the lie tonight. The lie is that you can't escape the fiction. Let me kind of unpack that. Write that down, tweet that, whatever. You cannot escape the fiction. We live in a land of, of fiction. And so when you try to practice the truth, you hear a lot of negative things. Some of you in the last few weeks have had these moments where you go, um, man, he was talking right to me. Or man, I, I got a jacked up view of relationships. Or I'm in this dating relationship. And so here's what the enemy, because we believe there's a very real enemy of God. We believe there's a very real enemy to Christians. And here's what, um, here's what the enemy would want you to believe. You can't escape this. And you hear people talk about this all the time. In our culture. Man, come on. I, I know what the Bible says, Scott, but I mean, come on. I mean, it's 2013. It's just not, you read the Bible and it's old. Or I go to church and I hear sermons and it, it's, like they're, they're, it's like they're 50 years ago. They're not in our world today, Scott. And, and the lie of our culture is you can't escape this. A teenager in 2013, man, you're just being a little too legalistic. You're just being a little too uh, prude to say that we should try to pursue holiness and we should try to follow after God's word and we should try to pursue Christ in 2013, man. The lie is you can't escape the fiction. I know what the Bible says, Scott, but. And so there's Buzz Lightyear looking at the TV and his whole mind is blown because he goes, everything I know is a lie. And I'm going to use a, a word that my mom used. I don't know. Has anyone ever heard of the word finagle? Has anyone ever heard that word? Uh, my mom's kind of weird, okay? Finagle. I don't, well, here's what finagle means. To twist and to turn and to make something your own. That's finagling, okay? So here's what some of us try to do. And, and again, I'm not going to point out anybody. I'm not going to say I, I don't know all you guys in your, in your personal lives. But for me, sometimes what I do is I try to finagle the fiction in my life to be okay with Jesus. Does that make sense? Man, if I just can get a little bit, uh, I, I don't want to be like crazy Bible thumper, weird kid. I, I don't want to completely try to like pursue holiness because then I'll be like really kind of weird and out there. And that's kind of what we talked about last night or last week where like the Bible calls us to be completely different. There's darkness and the Bible calls us to be light as believers. But I, uh, what we kind of do is we kind of finagle the fiction to be okay with Jesus. Another way of saying this is sometimes if we're straight up, we try to manage our sin. That's where we want to get to tonight. Sometimes we go, okay, Scott, um, I don't do the big things. Like I never killed anybody. And, uh, you know, I'm not, uh, uh, I'm not um, you know, fill, I don't even want to, I don't want to fill in the blanks because I don't want to give you kind of some, I don't want to give you a list of things not to do. That's not our heart tonight. But what we do is we try to look at our lives and look at God's word and we go, okay, how can I manage this over here uh, to somehow be presentable over here? That's a jacked up view. And the lie is that you and I, when we get caught up in, man, we're just in 2013. This is just how life is. What we start doing is we start managing our sin and we start trying to make everything mesh together. If I can just have my sin over here and Jesus over here and sometimes they can mesh and it can be okay because Jesus forgives my sin. And yeah, that's true. But that's not God's best for you. And so what I want to do is I want to give you, again, I want to try to give this. This is something you can write down, and I think in 20 years you could use this. I can use this today. Here's, here's, the, here's a, something we came up with, the, the truth or the fiction test. All right, here's a truth or fiction test. Put that on the screen. Lies will lead you away from God. The truth draws you towards him. That's something that you don't have to be, you know, in sixth grade or in 10th grade, or you don't have to be young under 20 to apply that to your life. Here's what, here's what we're saying in that. Lay that on any area of your life. 
And if you're believing a lie of our culture and the lie of the enemy and you're, you're, you're practicing fiction in the land of fiction that we live in, whatever you're in will draw you away from God. If that's your friendships, if that's the music you listen to, if that's your relationships, whatever that is, it will draw you and it will, it will pull you and lead you away from your relationship with God. But if what you're doing is honorable and true and good, it will bring you towards Christ. And we have some of that in our lives. I have some of that in my life where I've seen my relationship with God kind of suffer because I'm in a certain situation. And we try to manage it. We try to be over here and go, well, it can't be that. I mean, that's just music. That's just, that's just my girlfriend. That's just, uh, you know, that's just the way I handle my friendships. Like, that's just my lunch table. That, that can't really have an effect on my relationship with God. That's the lies. You can't escape the fiction. If it pulls you away from God, it's a lie. And it's not of God. God never puts things in your life that will pull you away from him. Ever. Ever, 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 ever. Capital ever. Never. And the truth of God and the true things in life and the honorable things, the Bible calls the honorable and the pure and the good, the things that are healthy for you, whether you're 10 or you're 20 or you're 50, will always draw you towards Christ. And so that's where we want to kind of land tonight because here's what I believe. With all my heart, I believe that every person in this room, every person on the planet was made in the image of God for a mission. We've talked about this before in Refuge. But man, nobody is unimportant. There's some people in the room tonight, and I'm, I don't know who you are, but you feel really, really unimportant. You feel like, oh man, I'm just the, the kid that people pick on at school. Or, or maybe I'm the popular one, but I don't really feel that important because I know that there's a school down the street called Coronado or a school down the street called Green Valley. And those are the really cool kids because right now I'm just at this junior high. Or when I go to UNLV and I get out of this high school, I'll be important. No, no, no. You're important right now. We try to challenge you guys this, with this all the time. All the time we try to challenge you with this. Schofield Middle School could be different if one Christian decided to follow God with everything they got and say, God, use me in this school. One Christian could do that. God threw that person. One, four, we got a bunch of kids from Green Valley High School. If you go to Green Valley High School, raise your hand. Green Valley High School, yeah, okay. The people of Green Valley High School in this room that claim to be Jesus followers could literally blow up the school for Christ. Nobody's unimportant. You are a Jesus follower. God wants to do unbelievable things through you. And so the lie tonight is you can't escape the fiction of 2013. This is just the culture we live in, bro. No, you can because that's a lie from the enemy. The truth tonight, write down this truth. God desires for your life to stand for something. The lie is that you're just going to kind of blend in. You can't escape the fiction, even if you try really hard to do good, even if you really try hard to, to manage your sin and kind of make it good before God. Listen, the truth tonight is that God desires for your life to stand for something. I told my junior high boys, I don't want to make you raise your hands again, but I told my junior high boys, and back to the, the issue of nobody's unimportant. I told them, junior high boys, if junior high boys started getting really serious about Jesus, everybody would pay attention. Why is that? Because junior high boys have this reputation, just like some of the high schoolers in the room have this reputation where this is just what junior high boys do. This is just what high school students do. But if people rose up out of that and said, no, we're going to actually follow up what the, what the Bible says and not what culture says, people would start paying attention. And your life would stand for something that's different than what we're currently seeing. I think that's what God wants for us. When you start to flee the fiction in your life and you start drawing near to Jesus, here's what's going to happen. I promise you, people are going to start paying attention. Some people are going to be like, dude, what's up with Scott? He wasn't laughing at that conversation we were having at the table about that girl we were making fun of. He wasn't laughing. 
man, what's going on with Scott? Like we were looking at that stuff on the internet and we were talking about all the stuff that we were into and he, he, he walked away. Man, what's up with that person? They're not, they're not chasing after boys like everybody else. That girl's, not, that girl's not into that whole scene because there's something different about her. Listen, I'm not saying to be different for the sake of different. I'm saying to follow Jesus and out of that, your life will stand for something and people will notice. All over the Bible we see that. All over the world when people are following Jesus wholeheartedly and saying, God, just use me. People are going, what's up with that person? That's kind of what we talked about last week. And so tonight, here's what I want to do. I want to I answer two questions that hopefully will be super helpful for you. Two questions that um, maybe you're like, okay, what does that mean? I want my life for stand, to stand for something, but, but what does that mean? I want to look at some passages of scripture and then, and then we're going to worship a little bit more. Here's, here's the first question I want to ask tonight as we kind of look to infinity and beyond. Question one. How do I make my life stand for something? Okay, Scott, I want to right now. Um, uh, everything you said, I'm on board. Like, I've got my pen out. How do I do that? I want to read a Bible verse. If you have a Bible, we're going to pop over a couple places tonight. But Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. I'm just going to read it. It's going to be on the screen. Uh, here's what it says. In verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Read that part again. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, huge, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Before we get into Hebrews 12, we've got to talk about Hebrews 11. If you don't have no idea where to start in the Bible, open your Bible tomorrow morning to Hebrews chapter 12 after you read the proverb of the day like our whole church is doing. But Hebrews chapter 11, here's what it is. It's, all, it's a story of all these people from all over the Bible, from the Old Testament, and all these stories. Some people were really, really great, like awesome, successful people. Some people were like really not. But God lumps them all together and says, these are people that I have seen be faithful. Here's are people that even in their sin, even in their mess, I have seen be used for my kingdom. Here is the, the hall of faith is what it's called. Like people have called it that, right? Hebrews chapter 11 is this, this laundry list of awesome people that God used in huge ways. Awesome people whose life stood for something. Enter chapter 12. Paul's talking to us or whoever wrote Hebrews is talking to us. Therefore... Since we are surrounded by all these people behind us. That's the huge crowd of witnesses that he's talking about. Everyone in Hebrews chapter 11, since we have been surrounded and we, and we, we are now in front of all those people. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin. And then he says these things like this, throw off the distractions. That's what that means. You know, check out that and where it says, uh, let us strip off every weight, especially the sin. Have you ever thought about like, what, what does, why does it say that? It's what we said last week. I want you to get this, okay? Something doesn't necessarily have to be sinful for it not to be helpful for you to do. Because here's what it says. Strip off everything that slows you down, especially the sin. Here's what that's saying. If you want your life to stand for something, if you want to be laser focused on what God wants you to do, sometimes you, things that aren't sinful but aren't helpful, you just got to push those aside and say, that's not good for me. If that's a relationship, if that's the, the music, if that's the movies, if that's whatever we talked about in the last three, four weeks, here's what it's saying. There's some things that are going to slow you down in this race of faith that God has set out for you. Get it off of you. Especially the sin. Now, those are two different things. It's saying there's some distractions and then there's some sin. How do we do this? Keeping our eyes on Jesus. 
the champion and initiator of our faith. First Corinthians chapter 9, we'll read one more verse and we're going to kind of unpack all this kind of stuff. The, right there, the, the writer of Hebrews is talking about a race. And, and you got to imagine, I don't know if anyone is a track star in here, okay. But I'm thinking like you're just booking it down the track. Or if you're a football player, you are just on the sidelines and, and you just like return to kickoff. And you're just running as fast as you can. Here's what he's saying. Take off your helmet, take off your pads, take it all off and run as fast as you possibly can towards the touchdown, towards the goal. What's the goal? The prize, Jesus, the, 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 the life that God has for you. First Corinthians chapter 9, here's what it says. Do you not know, this is Paul talking, again, same kind of language, that in a race all runners run, but only one gets the prize. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. Let's just make this super practical in case you're kind of out there in Bible land, okay? Here's what he's saying. Do you not know that every person who runs the race is running to win? That's why you run a race. You don't just run to be like, yeah, I hope I like, I hope I make it like 10th place. That's my goal. Like, no, you're running to run and you want to win. You want to cross the finish line. He's saying, and, and everyone who competes like trains for it. I haven't decided yet, but uh, a big race called Tough Mudders coming back out in April. And I did, I did it a couple years ago, and it's like really horrible, and like you're muddy, and you like want to die the whole time. But it's like, oh, let's do it again. I might do it again. I don't know. But here's what I know. If I do it again, I'm going to be running. I'm going to be working out. I'm going to be trying to train myself to jump the 12-foot wall that's in front of me, okay? If you run a marathon and you've never run in your life, you're stupid, okay? You have to train. So he's saying, don't you know that that's what happens in, in real life? Like real runners, they train. And he says, they do it to get a crown that will not last. Back in the day, back in like the old style Olympic games, they would put like a crown of like leaves, like really nice flowers and leaves. And here's what he's saying. That's just going to one day shrivel up. People are going to hang them on their wall. Like we hang roses now, right? It's just a shriveled up crown. And they work so hard at getting there for something that doesn't even last. But we, as Christians, do it to get a crown that will last forever. Here's the part I want to focus on. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and I make it my slave so that after I preach to others, I myself may not be disqualified for the prize. Here's what Paul is saying. There's runners and there's marathoners and there's people that give everything and train their body to get a little trophy. But Christians, like we got the prize of heaven, the prize of glory, the prize of Jesus. We got something that will never, ever, 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 never go away. And he's saying, but some of you guys are running around in circles. God has set this path out for you. Just, just like Hebrews said where, man, run as hard and fast as you can. Strip off every way. You're saying, man, I want my life for stand for, to stand for something. Scott, how do I do that? Here's, here's what the Bible's saying. God has charted out this course for you. He gives you all kinds of explanations and, 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 and advice to how to run this race. So he's saying, get this stuff off of you that's slowing down. Stop running around in circles. I do not run aimlessly, Paul says. I'm not like the boxer over here just fighting at nothing. Running, and, I mean, just imagine a guy over here, just, he, he's training for a fight and he just looks like crazy. Fighting at nothing, going anywhere. Or the guy who's running a race, the marathoner, who's running in circles. Where's he going? He's going nowhere. And here's the deal. So many Christians. The race that God has set out for them, the path that God has set out for them that says, man, this is my will for you. It's the, it's the, it's the straight and narrow that Jesus talks about. This, this small road that Jesus has put you on by his grace. And some of us are running in circles. Some of us are saying, yeah, I'm going to run the race really hard when I get into high school. I'm going to run the race really hard when I get into college. 
And man, when I get out of college and I start a family and I got like a job and a car and I'm like set and I can go to church with like a family and check my kids to VIP, like it's all going to be good. Then I'll run the race. That's a lie that you cannot escape the fiction. The truth of God is that right now, wherever you are in the grading system or wherever you are, nobody's unimportant. God says, you, if you're a believer in Jesus, I've charted a course for you. And I want you to strip off everything, even if it's not sinful, but it's not helpful. Man, get it off you. Why? Because there's a prize. And I want your life to stand for something. I wrote this down kind of as an as a explanation of all these things. Don't chase what is fleeting. Build your life on what is solid. That's really what Paul's saying here. Listen, if you chase running in circles, trying to pursue what the world says you should pursue, trying to be about what the world says you should be about, here's what we know. That's going to pass away. That's not going to last. But if you build your life on what is solid, you say, man, what's fleeting? Here's a couple of things that I think are fleeting. Uh, I tell young dudes this all the time. Anytime I get a chance to talk to a young dude, here's what I tell them. Do not chase cool, quote unquote. Don't chase cool. Young girls, this is for you too. So much of our culture wants you to chase cool, right? You get those new, you sh- new shoes, guess what happens? Two weeks later, somebody's got newer shoes that you want. Because you thought you had cool, but then cooler comes out. I got an iPhone 5, literally two weeks later, I saw the keynote presentation for the iPhone 5 S and C. I'm like, cool. Like, I thought I had the best thing ever, and now the next best thing ever comes out. Here's the deal. People their whole life chase cool. The 40-year-old businessman who has everything in his, his image and his popularity and his position at a CEO job, he gets that BMW that he's always wanted. And guess what? As he's getting in the car, a, a, a Ferrari drives by and he goes, oh, man, one day. One day I'll get that. And you think it's, it's, it, it, right now it's kind of fun to chase cool maybe? I think so. For me it was when I was your age. You never arrive at cool. There's always somebody in your school you think is cooler than you. There's always a new device that you need or a new pair of clothes that you need or something that you need. If we chase cool, here's what, here's what we know. It's fleeting. But when you build your life on something solid, people start to notice. Does that mean you can't have an iPhone 5? Absolutely not. Go get that. It's 99 bucks right now. That's a sweet deal. Does that mean you can't have cool shoes? No. Go get cool shoes. But when you find identity in cool and your, your, your whole pursuit is to be cool or to be a certain popularity status or to be with a certain girl, it's fleeting. You'll never really get there. There'll never really be that thing inside you that goes, got it. No, there's always something better. There's always something more. When you build your life on something solid, here's what's solid. We've been talking about for the last five weeks, God's word is solid. Here's what the Bible says a little bit earlier in Hebrews. That this, this, this word of God, timeless, cuts through everything in our life. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Here's what that means. No matter what's going on in your world, you can open up God's word and say, God, speak to me. Give me wisdom. It's not an old, ancient book. No, this is a book that God has said speaks into every culture and every time. That's solid, God's word. Another thing that's solid is, is community. And I'll, I'll tell you, just, just this morning, I sat down with Eric Koenigman, and he's in the room somewhere. Eric Koenigman and I meet every once in a while, and I just let that dude speak into my life. And I'm just like, dude, this is solid stuff right here. Community around me, people that, tr- that I trust or people that I can trust to, to help me along this journey. In this race of faith that we're running. Somebody can say, hey, Scott, get back on course. Somebody can say, hey, uh, I see you're going here. I want you to go here because God wants you to go here. And I'm in your life as a solid rock that God has placed here for community, man. Build your life on that kind of stuff. That's good stuff. 
I love this, this illustration of, of, uh, of Paul. He said, some of you guys are running in circles. I don't run in circles aimlessly. I got my eyes on the prize. So many Christians, they know the prize is there, but they're chasing everything around them. Everything their life points towards is not going to satisfy. And so I wanted to show you this. I, I used to play baseball. This is a really small bat, but I was really small. Um, I, I played baseball for, for many, many years. I've told this story before, but it's one of my favorite stories. Um, I played baseball since I was five, all the way through high school, all the way through high school till sophomore year. Um, and, and I love the sport of baseball. Does anyone play baseball in here? Any baseball players? No? Kind of? Okay, two, three, four. Awesome. Um, okay, so baseball is awesome. If you don't like baseball, I'm sorry. Um, but I was really small in high school. So I was kind of like, I was like the all-star kid all the way through eighth grade. Like I was short, fast, and like I, I was pre-athletic, okay. But then when I got to high school, Things went downhill, okay. I, I was very short. I told you before, I was 4'11 in the 10th grade, which is extremely small. And so that's why my bat looks like a toothpick, okay. Um, but this was, this was my bat, and it's still pretty nice because I didn't use it much, okay. But I did use it once, okay, at least once. Here's what happened. I didn't play very much. I was what they call a, um, a bench warmer, okay. That's what I did. I, I took the book, which means that I take score. It's a pretty awful job. But like, hey, Scott, you're on book again. Oh, Okay. I got it, coach. I'd throw like seven bags of sunflower seeds down in one game. Uh, but that was me. Okay, that was like my life. Okay, but one day when, when I was warming the bench, I don't know if we were killing the other team or they were killing us, but I got to bat. All of a sudden I heard, Worthington, it's your turn. Woo! I step up and I grab my bat and I'm like, oh man, I've like never used this thing. Cool. Uh, and so I get there and I'm like in the batter's box, you know, I mean in the, uh, in the what's it called? What's it called? Clay, what's it called? The uh, on-deck circle. There it is. I'm on the on-deck circle and I'm like swinging. And then all of a sudden people are like starting to notice. They're like, is that Scott? Is that my family, my sister goes, no, he doesn't play, right? Oh, wow, it is. And so I start walking to the batter's box, and everyone's like, yeah, Scott's in. It's like the 10th game of the season. He's finally in one at-bat. So I'm like, okay, here's the deal. I'm just going to hit a home run, uh, maybe. Or maybe I'm just going to hit it out of the infield. I don't know. I've never done that, but I'm going to try. And so here I am. I'm like in my batter's box, and I'm like, okay, here's the deal. And here's what happens. Zoom. Strike one. And I'm like, okay, that's that cool. This is a nice pitch. Nice pitch, bro. Cool. Let's do this again. And so here I am. I'm like, okay, this is good, good, good. And next thing you know, shoo, strike. And I'm like, oh, boy, this is bad. And everyone's like, all right, Scott, come on. Look alive. That's always a thing like stop sucking. Look alive. Look alive. Look alive. So my coach goes, got to swing the bat, son. And I'm like, I'll swing the bat, coach. All right, here's what happened. 0-2. And by the way, if you don't know baseball, the worst thing you can do is strike out without swinging. Worst thing. Like, people are like, yeah, get the bat off your shoulder, Worthington. That was me, right? So I'm like, that's not going to happen. Listen, that's not going to happen. It's 0-2. That means zero balls, two strikes. And I'm like, here's the deal. I'm hitting this ball right now as hard as I possibly can. I don't care what he's throwing. I'm swinging. So here's what I did. I got in the batter's box, and all of a sudden the pitch, it's all slow motion. You know, he's a left-handed pitcher. That's important. Okay, he's a left-handed pitcher. I'm a right-handed batter. So he pitches the ball, and it's coming at me. And I'm like, okay, here we go. Here we go. I'm going to swing. I'm going to swing. And halfway through my swing. I see the ball literally coming at me, like at my body. And I'm like, oh, no, this left-handed pitcher just threw a curveball, which means it curves towards me. And so I'm halfway through my swing, and you can't go back. If you ever try to go back, don't. You'll hurt yourself. You can't go back. And so I go here, and the ball hits me right on my leg, and I'm like, ah! And everyone's like, oh, you know, obliterate him. He's so small. Like, that can't happen. Here's, here, here's, here's. I thought I was out, and he said, take your base. And I'm like, yes, I made it to base. I'm on, I'm on like, first base. I'm dancing, and I'm, like, leading off. I'm like, come on, come on, come get me, right? And, and no matter what he was throwing, I'm swinging. Why? Because I'm not going to strike out. I'm not going there. I, I'm not going to be the guy that doesn't even take the bat off his shoulder. So I, I, I purposed in my heart, listen, I don't care what this left-handed pitcher's throwing, I'm swinging. Here's why I tell you that story. 
That's some of your lives. You're in the batter's box. You feel the pressure of whatever, my O and two. You feel the pressure of the culture around you. And here's what the culture says. Swing at everything. If it makes you feel good, do it. If that's what your friends are doing, do it. And no matter what's coming at you, no matter what is being pitched to you, you're swinging. And so many of you, man, so many teenagers all around the world, they're just swinging at things they should never even be paying attention to. They're just throwing their lives at relationships and situations and parties and things that are going on around them that they're just following the culture. Man, the pressure's on. I'm swinging at whatever's coming. I'll figure it out when I, when I grow up. We talked about that second week. Man, the decisions I make now don't affect me in the future. That's a lie. So many of you have made decisions that will affect you in your future. And God redeems and God restores and that's awesome. But you don't have to get there. And some of you guys right now are in the batter's box of life and you are swinging at everything that comes at you. Because you feel the pressure that you have to. Man, you can't escape this fiction. It's just being a teenager in our day and age. No, the lie is that God wants you to stand for something. God wants you to not chase what's fleeting and run in circles and just, and just be the boxer over here swinging at whatever is out there. But to stand on something solid and to build your life on something solid. Second question, two seconds. What happens when I mess up? That's what Cheyenne said at the end of that video. Man, what, what happens if I mess up? Or what happens when I mess up? Here's the deal. Here's the reality of the Bible. And we'll, we're going to get to singing here in a minute. The reality of the Bible is it's not when you mess up. You already messed up. Scott, are you saying if I'm a Christian, I'm never going to point my life and swing at something I shouldn't? Are you saying that I'm never going to stumble and fall because, man, I've tried that. I've tried to do all the right things, and sometimes I just eat it. Yeah, sometimes you do. But here's the deal. God picks you right back up and says, no, 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 no. You got off course for a minute, but I got a, I got a prize for you. I got, I got, I got a, a course marked out for you. This is my desire for your life. It's not if you mess up. It's, it's you already have. It's not when you messed up, it's you already did. And Jesus says this in the gospel. That's what the good news of Jesus is. God took our mess ups and he made us new. God took our sin and our mistakes and he hung on a cross and he, he said, I'm doing this because you can never do it for yourself. You can never make right your wrongs. But I can and I will and I did. So stop beating the air. Stop running in circles. Stop swinging at everything because that's not my best for you. Tonight, I want to ask you a couple questions just as, to evaluate. And I hope tonight has been helpful. I hope this series has been helpful because here is the reality. New fiction is going to come up in the next few years. Even since we did this series in 2010, new fiction has come up. New lies that teenagers just eaten up like it's true. In 2016, in 2019, in 2022, in 2050, fiction is going to be being fed to you. It's not a season of life. It's life. And you and I can lay down this truth or fiction test that we talked about earlier. You can put that back on the screen. Lies will lead you away from God every single time. The truth draws you toward him. God never puts anything in your life that draws you away from him. If that's happening in your life, it's not of God. So that's, God, that's really bold. That's biblical. That's, that's, that's the truth. If anything in your life is drawing you away, be that a video game or a relationship or music or your relationship with your parents and how you interact with them, if anything is drawing you away from God, it's a lie. If there aren't 
the things in their life that are pointing you towards him, man, God would say, that's good, keep doing that. That's the, the fiction test. Man, you can lay that on your life forever as a 70-year-old or a 17-year-old. So tonight, just to ask you a couple questions. Ben, you can load. I just want everyone to kind of bow your heads just to kind of make sure you're in your own little zone for a minute and you're thinking about this on your own life. I don't want you right now to think about your best friend. I don't want right now you think about your, your, your brother or sister. I just want everyone to kind of be in their own zone for a minute. I don't know what the last four weeks have meant to you. Or when you listen on a podcast in the next few days, what, what those are going to mean to you. But here's what I want to kind of ask you. Are you, if you're a believer in the place tonight, are you focused on what God has called you to? God has called you to live a life of pursuing him, of building your life on solid stuff. It says in the Bible that there's this, this prize awaiting us, that he is, as Paul said, man, you're running with everything you got, stripping off the sin, stripping off, maybe it's not sin, but it's not helpful. You're just stripping it all off. Why? Because you want to get there as fast as you can. You want to get to the prize. You want to get to where you're going in your relationship with God as fast as you can. So many Christians, they see the prize and they go, yeah, but we're just going to kind of hang out here, run in circles for a little bit and just be teenagers, just kind of live like teenagers live. That's a lie. So where's, where are you on that journey? Are you focused on what God has for you? Do you even think about what God has for you? Are you just kind of, as the Bible says, you're just living life, man. You're swinging at whatever comes. And of course you claim to be Jesus. You, you claim to love Jesus, but you're kind of over here managing your sin and then trying to reconcile that to what God says. And God says, throw all that away. I killed it on the cross and follow me with all you got. When's the last time you purposely in your life laid aside distractions? When's the last time you said, this isn't helpful for me and my relationship with God. This is a lie because it's pulling me away from my relationship with God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to ditch that because I want to run as fast as I can. I'm going to ditch that. Man, if we're never ditching things in our lives that aren't helping us, we're probably not running as hard as we could. And again, I'm not saying this up to you. But if there's never a time when you go, I'm going to stop doing that because it's not helping my relationship with God, I would say you're in a dangerous spot. And if that's me in my life, I'm in a dangerous spot. Because we know there's lots of fiction. We know there's lots of lies. So if there's never a time when we have to deal with one of those and get it out of the way so we can pursue Christ, probably in a dangerous spot. And that's what the last four weeks have been about. Looking at different areas of our lives to see what do we need to get rid of so that we can pursue Christ.